Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member special access to cool events behind the scenes footage and so much more plus you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon it's in you please be in it visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now that's podcast with an s thanks from kqed welcome back to forum I'm Alexis Madrigal. Bolasete was a Brazilian jazz guitarist who spent decades here in the Bay Area with his wife, Anne. Sete is considered one of the greatest musical talents of his era, like in the world. And to hear his contemporaries talk about him is astonishing. In the liner notes of a new three-disc compilation, Samba in Seattle, live at the Penthouse, which was a club up there, 1966 to 1968, we read Carlos Santana and John Fahey celebrate the virtuosity of Sete's playing. Santana said watching Sete was no different than watching Jimi Hendrix, saying there are certain people who are another level of greatness that is beyond superlatives, and he is one of them. Fahey, the famed guitarist, put it this way in the 1970s. Things now are bizarre and getting more and more crazy every day. Bola's music comes from a time long gone when people were closer to themselves, God, and each other. This new set, released by Tompkins Square Records, may be the very best way to experience this amazing Brazilian and also Bay Area, we should definitely claim him, musician. This is, as our KQED reviewer put it, the perfect vehicle to return him to the center stage. And we're going to do a little talking about it. We're joined today by Zeb Feldman, producer of this new compilation. Welcome. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. And we have uh, Anne Sete, who was married to Bola until his death in 1987. Thanks for coming on, Anne. Thank you. You're so, welcome. yeah, and maybe let's start with you. You obviously knew knew him best. Um, who, who was Bola Sete? Bola Sete was a very kind, generous, disciplined um, human being. He was his with an extraordinary talent. Uh, in his later years, he became, took up yoga and meditation, and if anything, that contributed to his sense of balance and peacefulness. Yeah, I loved reading that you two just met as next-door neighbors in Sausalito. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, long ago and far away. Yeah. And I also, you, you also said that, uh, you mentioned his uh, dedication and discipline, you know, oh, yeah. while, while he's known for these amazing live sets, he also practiced like an incredible amount, yeah? He practiced a minimum of four hours a day, six days a week. He always took off Sundays. And Sundays were our day together that we did things together. Um, we'd go to Santa Cruz, pack a picnic, go for a hike. And disciplined in every way, disciplined in, in especially in his later life with yoga, mm-hmm. lived a very uh, scheduled his time, which 
a lot of people have difficulty doing. <laughs> but when he did that, then he would get things done. Yeah. On Sundays, he also took all the strings off his guitar and polished his guitar and did his fingernails. <laughs> you know, um, let's listen in before we talk to Zeb about how yeah. this album came to be. Let's hear Bolasete playing a cover in, of Antonio Carlos Jovian's Corcovado, which the KQED album review called a slow phosphorescent take on the original. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. That was Bolasete. Um, Zev Feldman, how did you end up with the recordings from the Penthouse Jazz Club in Seattle? And what kind of makes them special among the albums and the recorded music we have from him? Well, first of all, I have to say that this is quite a revelation, finding this music in Bola's prime. It's like a time capsule document, a gift for the world. Over the last 10 years or so, I've actually been working with the tape archives thanks to the original recording engineer, Jim Wilkie, uh, and also the son of the Penthouse Club uh, owner, Charlie Puzzo Jr. And we have been going through these archives and putting out official releases on different record labels, recordings from West Montgomery and Cannonball Adderley, Eddie Lockjaw Davis and Johnny Griffin. And in the process, I've had these recordings in my home. And Mm. April of this year, I had gone back to the music again. I had these these reference copies and I was just so taken by the music. And um, I took the recordings. I had a conversation with Josh Rosenthal, the great guy who is the owner of Tompkins Square Records. We've actually been talking about wanting to do something for a while. And Tompkins Square is really dedicated to a lot of guitar music. Mm-hmm. And I had a conversation with Josh. I said, you know, there's these recordings of Bola. 
and he listened to it and we literally went from first to fourth gear and it became an <laughs> incredible journey i work on a lot of productions but this one came together it was total kismet all the way around i got to meet ann and mm-hmm. we started examining you know going back and and listening to this man and i learned so much but it's a gift because here are these recordings from 1966, 67, and 68. And here we are in 2021, all these years later, bringing this music out. And it's an unearthed new chapter, but I'm very passionate. I became familiar with Mr. Sete in the late 90s when I worked for Polygram Records and we reissued his album, Boa Sete, at the Monterey Jazz Festival. Mm. So I was already quite familiar. I knew that these recordings needed to find a home and here we were on this journey trying to explore this genius. And does it bring you back to listen to uh, this live recording? Oh, and Oh, absolutely. I'm there. He, he, that's the way when I first met him in that, uh, like 65, that was what he was playing. And we used to hang out down at the Trident Bola, his bassist Sebastian Neto and his drummer Paulino, and uh, because they also played there. Mm. And so I knew him originally, first of all, when he played with Vince, and then after Vince moved on, they separated, and Bola started the Bola Sete trio. And that's what you're hearing now. And as I I'm very grateful to, to Zev and to Josh for finding these gems and making them available. And as I told both of them, I said, Bola was at his prime with this music. Mm. He was at the right age. It was the right time. The Brazilian music was blossoming all over the world. And Bola had synthesized all these different kinds of music, classical, African, American jazz, bossa nova, synthesized it all. And you hear that in these recordings. They are amazing. I also want to talk about that booklet that Zev put together. Mm, The liner notes, which are amazing. Oh, the liner notes, the photographs, Zev, we were all every day. It was like consuming us. I couldn't imagine a 20 page booklet, but it's like a book. This is a treasure. The CD set with this yeah. booklet. It's amazing. I've never seen anything compiled like this before about mm-hmm. a, an artist. I, I, it's really pretty remarkable. And I, I just wanted to say on my Twitter, which is just Alexis Madrigal, I, I posted a picture of Bolasete with uh, Santana. So take mm. a look at that. And also I, I included a little, um, some of the quotes from Santana about Bolasete, who mm. obviously had a big effect um, on his on his playing and was just sort of a legend mm-hmm. in Santana's eyes, a legend in the legend's eyes, um, <laughs> which is pretty amazing. I want to I hear a little bit more of the music. Um, mm. Let's play our next cut, which I believe is O Barquino.
Zev, uh, music critics, you know, have written that Bolasete is underappreciated. Obviously, fellow musicians uh, <laughs> also seem to feel that way. Um, you know, what do they what do they mean? I mean, where should we, if we're going to do this kind of ranking process, which might be dumb, but if we're going to, like, where should we sort of rank Bolasete in this sort of pantheon of guitar greats? Well, I think in terms of the bossa nova movement and this guitar, I mean, he had been making recordings, if I'm not mistaken, as you know, in the late 40s um, in, in Brazil. But, you know, he is really someone who is underappreciated. He's not a household name like he should be. And I think that he's really an unheralded grade. I think that this really gives us an opportunity of going back and revisiting and celebrating his legacy. But he doesn't get mentioned, especially all these decades, years later, um, it, he doesn't get the recognition that he's due. And I think that this package really helps celebrate his genius. And you can just read the words. And I want to also say, too, something that I was just struck with was the crossroads of his influence. We talk about Santana, mm -hmm. but John Fahey, George Winston, there was this connectivity that existed that I wasn't really even aware of before I took on this project. And you oftentimes learn so much about the artist and the process. And I was really inspired and taken by what he accomplished. But we, I hope that more people realized he left an incredible footprint here on this planet while he was here with his music. And this music, uh, these recordings uh, are a testament to that. Yeah. Seb, you sound like you have the coolest job in the world. You just go find like old jazz, and then you, and then you talk to you know wonderful musicians and people who knew the artist, and then you put them out. This really, this is a gig. I am, I am so grateful. Every day is an adventure. I leap out of bed in the morning, and it's artists like Bolasete that make that happiness possible. I just felt like we were on a mission. I felt like if we were going to do this, we needed to go all in and make this as great as it could be. And and I can't thank enough Josh Rosenthal for helping me, giving me the freedom to do that. Our designer, Daryl Norson, and also our engineer, Gary Hobish, and also Mike Quinn, uh, an expert on this music that helped us go through the tracks. But, you know, I love what I do, and I just feel so grateful. Getting a chance to know Anne has been a blessing as well. And uh, I just feel totally electrified getting yeah. a chance to be a part of this. You know, and um, did Bolasete feel underappreciated? Like, did, did he feel like no. he... No. Oh, no. He was, he was grateful that people came and listened to him. He was very humble about that. Remember, he came from a... Um, a background of being poor and then working through school, playing in nightclubs for money, uh, you know, just for tips. Tough sets and, and long yeah, nights. Yeah. In Brazil. And so any opportunity he got, he, he was always in the attitude of gratitude. Mm -hmm. Always felt grateful that he came from Brazil, got to play and live in Europe, got to play and live in America. And he was like, would wake up and go like, oh my God, I'm living in Marin County, United States <laughs> of America, you know? Yeah. I guess if you I, wake up in Sausalito, you look at it, so you're like, all right, yeah, you know what? Life's is, not so bad. Is, yeah, yeah, it was wonderful. He, had a, he was very grateful for it. And I want to tell publicly how grateful I am to Zev and Josh for, for, for doing this out. project. Yeah. It was a huge amount of work. Yeah. 
And can I ask you a little bit about the Bay Area scene that he kind of landed in? One of the funniest oh, things in the yeah. liner notes is like he was playing at the at the Sheraton. Oh, lot, yeah. Right? He, yeah. He when he was playing in Europe, the president of the Sheraton Palace uh, went to see him at one of the clubs where there was a Brazilian group. Rolo had a five piece group managed by somebody called Mr. Jimmy and Mr. Watson of the Sheraton Palace Hotel signed Bullet as an artist with the Sheraton Palace Hotel chain. Bullet was paid $500 a week plus room and board and all expenses. This was like in... Oh, no, I think we were losing you. And while, while we're waiting, I just wanted to note, we have a great uh, comment from Nancy who writes, Decades ago, I was hiking with a friend on Mount Tam and ran into a man playing his guitar. We stopped and talked. He gave us his album and signed it. It was Bolasete. What a kind, generous man. Let's listen into one of Bolasete's uh, original compositions. It is called Soul Samba. I would like to play Soul Samba. Zev, um, as we wrap up here, what do you want audiences to really take away from listening to this album? I just want people to to listen, feel 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 the vibes, just get into this music, and it, it, it's such a wonderful recording. It's the kind of recording that you can spend an afternoon listening to straight through or on repeat. It has just such a feeling to it, this music, and very peaceful and tranquil too. I just feel, uh, you know, music is subjective. And for me, I feel a, a whole array of emotions, but I just, I let the music just lift me. I mean, it's just, it, it's just really inspiring listening to this music. Bolasete is so virtuosic. What an amazing talent and great yeah. man he was. Yeah. I just want to say um, there is really this incredible booklet that goes along with this compilation that is really, really worth taking a look at. In particular, the John Fahey's article, which I think is reprinted from Guitar Player in the 1970s, is one of those artifacts of just musical thought and just like an, an artist outpouring of emotion. It's really an incredible, incredible tribute to Bolasete. Um, one head out early so we can hear some things. We have been talking about the new Bolasete compilation, Samba in Seattle, with Zev Feldman, the producer of Samba in Seattle. Thank you so much, Zev. Thanks for having me. And we were also joined by Anne Sete. Thank you so much for coming on, widow of Brazilian jazz guitarist Bolasete. Let's uh, head out to one last song. This one's called Satin Doll. I'm Alexis Madrigal. Stay tuned for more Forum with Mina Kim.
Funds for the production of Forum are provided by the members of KQED Public Radio, the Germanicos Foundation, the Generosity Foundation, and the Heising-Simons Foundation. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. All over the country, we need to improve reading in Wisconsin. Schools are changing the way they teach reading. I'm calling for a renewed focus on literacy. We have gotten this wrong in New York and all across the nation. And it's happening because of a podcast. I think your podcast has changed my life. And I'm going to share this podcast with everyone I meet. Sold a Story investigates how teaching kids to read went wrong. New episodes of Sold a Story are available now.